Part One, Chapter Two, Section Three of Under Western Eyes by Joseph Conrad. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Two, Section Three. Razumov parted with the prince at the corner of a street. In the carriage, he had listened to speeches where natural sentiment struggled with caution. Evidently, the prince was afraid of encouraging any hopes of future intercourse but there was a touch of tenderness in the voice uttering in the dark the guarded general phrases of goodwill and the prince too said i have perfect confidence in you mr razumov they all it seems have confidence in me thought razumov dully he had an indulgent contempt for the man sitting shoulder to shoulder with him in the confined space probably he was afraid of scenes with his wife she was said to be proud and violent it seemed to him bizarre that secrecy should play such a large part in the comfort and safety of lives but he wanted to put the prince's mind at ease and with a proper amount of emphasis he said that being conscious of some small abilities and confident in his power of work he trusted his future to his own exertions he expressed his gratitude for the helping hand such dangerous situations did not occur twice in the course of one life he added and you have met this one with a firmness of mind and correctness of feeling which give me a high idea of your worth the prince said solemnly you have now only to persevere to persevere on getting out on the pavement razumov saw an ungloved hand extended to him through the lowered window of the brougham it detained his own in its grasp for a moment while the light of a street lamp fell upon the prince's long face and old-fashioned grey whiskers i hope you are perfectly reassured now as to the consequences after what your excellency has condescended to do for me i can only rely on my conscience adieu said the whiskered head with feeling razumov bowed the brougham glided away with a slight swish in the snow he was alone on the edge of the pavement he said to himself that there was nothing to think about and began walking towards his home he walked quietly it was a common experience to walk thus home to bed after an evening spent somewhere with his fellows or in the cheaper seats of a theatre after he had gone a little way the familiarity of things got hold of him nothing was changed there was the familiar corner and when he turned it he saw the familiar dim light of the provision shop kept by a german woman there were loaves of stale bread bunches of onions and strings of sausages behind the small window panes they were closing it the sickly lame fellow whom he knew so well by sight staggered out into the snow embracing a large shutter nothing would change there was the familiar gateway yawning black with feeble glimmers marking the arches of the different staircases the sense of life's continuity depended on trifling bodily impressions the trivialities of daily existence were an armour for the soul and this thought reinforced the inward quietness of razumov as he began to climb the stairs familiar to his feet in the dark with his hand on the familiar clammy banister the exceptional could not prevail against the material contacts which make one day resemble another to-morrow would be like yesterday it was only on the stage that the unusual was outwardly acknowledged i suppose thought razumov that if i had made up my mind to blow out my brains on the landing i would be going up these stairs as quietly as i am doing it now what's a man to do what must be must be extraordinary things do happen but when they have happened they are done with thus too when the mind is made up that question is done with and the daily concerns the familiarities of our thought swallow it up 
and the life goes on as before with its mysterious and secret sides quite out of sight as they should be life is a public thing razumov unlocked his door and took the key out entered very quietly and bolted the door behind him carefully he thought he hears me and after bolting the door he stood still holding his breath there was not a sound he crossed the bare outer room stepping deliberately in the darkness entering the other he felt all over his table for the matchbox the silence but for the groping of his hand was profound could the fellow be sleeping so soundly he struck a light and looked at the bed holden was lying on his back as before only both his hands were under his head his eyes were open he stared at the ceiling razumov held the match up he saw the clear-cut features the firm chin the white forehead and the topknot of fair hair against the white pillow there he was lying flat on his back razumov thought suddenly i have walked over his chest he continued to stare till the match burnt itself out then struck another and lit the lamp in silence without looking towards the bed any more he had turned his back on it and was hanging his coat on a peg when he heard holden sigh profoundly then ask in a tired voice well and what have you arranged the emotion was so great that razumov was glad to put his hands against the wall a diabolical impulse to say i have given you up to the police frightened him exceedingly but he did not say that he said without turning round in a muffled voice it's done again he heard halden sigh he walked to the table sat down with the lamp before him and only then looked towards the bed in the distant corner of the large room far away from the lamp which was small and provided with a very thick china shade holden appeared like a dark and elongated shape rigid with the immobility of death this body seemed to have less substance than its own phantom walked over by razumov in the street white with snow it was more alarming in its shadowy persistent reality than the distinct but vanishing illusion holden was heard again you must have had a walk such a walk he murmured deprecatingly this weather razumov answered with energy horrible walk a nightmare of a walk he shuddered audibly holden sighed once more then and so you have seen zemianitch brother i've seen him razumov remembering the time he had spent with the prince thought it prudent to add i had to wait some time a character eh it's extraordinary what a sense of the necessity of freedom there is in that man and he has sayings too simple to the point such as only the people can invent in their rough sagacity a character that i you understand haven't had much opportunity razumov muttered through his teeth Alden continued to stare at the ceiling you see brother i have been a good deal in that house of late i used to take their books leaflets not a few of the poor people who live there can read and you see the guests for the feast of freedom must be sought for in byways and hedges the truth is i have almost lived in that house of late i slept sometimes in the stable there is a stable that's where i had my interview with zemianitch interrupted razumov gently a mocking spirit entered into him and he added it was satisfactory in a sense i came away from it much relieved ah he's a fellow went on holden talking slowly at the ceiling i came to know him in that way you see for some weeks now ever since i resigned myself to do what had to be done i tried to isolate myself i gave up my rooms what was the good of exposing a decent widow woman to the risk of being worried out of her mind by the police i gave up seeing any of our comrades razumov drew to himself a half-sheet of paper and began to trace lines on it with a pencil upon my word he thought angrily he seems to have thought of everybody's safety but mine halden was talking on 
this morning ah this morning that was different how can i explain it to you before the deed was done i wandered at night and lay hid in the day thinking it out and i felt restful sleepless but restful what was there for me to torment myself about but this morning after then it was that i became restless i could not have stopped in that big house full of misery the miserable of this world can't give you peace then when that silly caretaker began to shout i said to myself there is a young man in this town head and shoulders above common prejudices is he laughing at me razumov asked himself going on with his aimless drawing of triangles and squares and suddenly he thought my behaviour must appear to him strange should he take fright at my manner and rush off somewhere i shall be undone completely that infernal general he dropped the pencil and turned abruptly towards the bed with a shadowy figure extended full length on it so much more indistinct than the one over whose breast he had walked without faltering was this too a phantom the silence had lasted a long time he is no longer here was the thought against which razumov struggled desperately quite frightened at its absurdity he is already gone and this only he could resist no longer he sprang to his feet saying aloud i am intolerably anxious and in a few headlong strides stood by the side of the bed his hand fell lightly on holden's shoulder and directly he felt its reality he was beset by an insane temptation to grip that exposed throat and squeeze the breath out of that body lest it should escape his custody leaving only a phantom behind holden did not stir a limb but his overshadowed eyes moving a little gazed upwards at razumov with wistful gratitude for this manifestation of feeling razumov turned away and strode up and down the room it would have been possibly a kindness he muttered to himself and was appalled by the nature of that apology for a murderous intention his mind had found somewhere within him and all the same he could not give it up he became lucid about it what can he expect he thought the halter in the end and i this argument was interrupted by holden's voice why be anxious for me they can kill my body but they cannot exile my soul from this world i tell you what i believe in this world so much that i cannot conceive eternity otherwise than as a very long life that is perhaps the reason i am so ready to die hm, muttered razumov and biting his lower lip he continued to walk up and down and to carry on his strange argument yes to a man in such a situation of course it would be an act of kindness the question however was not how to be kind but how to be firm he was a slippery customer i too victor victorovitch believe in this world of ours he said with force i too while i live but you seem determined to haunt it you can't seriously mean the voice of the motionless halden began haunt it truly the oppressors of thought which quickens the world the destroyers of souls which aspire to perfection of human dignity they shall be haunted as to the destroyers of my mere body i have forgiven them beforehand razumov had stopped apparently to listen but at the same time he was observing his own sensations he was vexed with himself for attaching so much importance to what halden said the fellow's mad he thought firmly but this opinion did not mollify him towards halden it was a particularly impudent form of lunacy and when it got loose in the sphere of public life of a country it was obviously the duty of every good citizen this train of thought broke off short there and was succeeded by a paroxysm of silent hatred towards halden so intense that razumov hastened to speak at random yes 
eternity of course i too can't very well represent it to myself i imagine it however as something quiet and dull there would be nothing unexpected don't you see the element of time would be wanting he pulled out his watch and gazed at it alden turned over on his side and looked on intently razumov got frightened at this movement a slippery customer this fellow with a phantom it was not midnight yet he hastened on and unfathomable mysteries can you conceive secret places in eternity impossible whereas life is full of them there are secrets of birth for instance one carries them on to the grave there is something comical but never mind and there are secret motives of conduct a man's most open actions have a secret side to them that is interesting and so unfathomable for instance a man goes out of a room for a walk nothing more trivial in appearance and yet it may be momentous he comes back he has seen perhaps a drunken brute taken particular notice of the snow on the ground and behold he is no longer the same man the most unlikely things have a secret power over one's thoughts the grey whiskers of a particular person the goggle eyes of another razumov's forehead was moist he took a turn or two in the room his head low and smiling to himself viciously have you ever reflected on the power of goggle eyes and grey whiskers excuse me you seem to think i must be crazy to talk in this vein at such a time but i am not talking lightly i have seen instances it has happened to me once to be talking to a man whose fate was affected by physical facts of that kind and the man did not know it of course it was a case of conscience but the material facts such as these brought about the solution and you tell me victor victorovitch not to be anxious why i am responsible for you razumov almost shrieked he avoided with difficulty a burst of mephistophelian laughter holden very pale raised himself on his elbow and the surprises of life went on razumov after glancing at the other uneasily just consider their astonishing nature a mysterious impulse induces you to come here i don't say you have done wrong indeed from a certain point of view you could not have done better you might have gone to a man with affections and family ties you have such ties yourself as to me you know i have been brought up in an educational institute where they did not give us enough to eat to talk of affection in such a connection you perceive yourself as to ties the only ties i have in the world are social i must get acknowledged in some way before i can act at all i sit here working and don't you think i am working for progress too i've got to find my own ideas of the true way pardon me continued razumov after drawing breath and with a short throaty laugh but i haven't inherited a revolutionary inspiration together with a resemblance from an uncle he looked again at his watch and noticed with sickening disgust that there were yet a good many minutes to midnight he tore watch and chain off his waistcoat and laid them on the table well in the circle of bright lamplight holden reclining on his elbow did not stir razumov was made uneasy by this attitude what move is he meditating over so quietly he thought he must be prevented i must keep on talking to him he raised his voice you are a son a brother a nephew a cousin i don't know what to no end of people i am just a man here i stand before you a man with a mind did it ever occur to you how a man who had never heard a word of warm affection or praise in his life would think on matters on which you would think first with or against your class your domestic tradition your fireside prejudices did you ever consider how a man like that would feel i have no domestic tradition i have nothing to think against my tradition is historical what have i to look back to but that national past 
from which you gentlemen want to wrench away your future am i to let my intelligence my aspirations towards a better lot be robbed of the only thing it has to go upon at the will of violent enthusiasts you come from your province but all this land is mine or i have nothing no doubt you shall be looked upon as a martyr some day a sort of hero a political saint but i beg to be excused i am content in fitting myself to be a worker and what can you people do by scattering a few drops of blood on the snow on this immensity on this unhappy immensity i tell you he cried in a vibrating subdued voice and advancing one step nearer the bed that what it needs is not a lot of haunting phantoms that i could walk through but a man alden threw his arms forward as if to keep him off in horror i understand it all now he exclaimed with awestruck dismay i understand at last razumov staggered back against the table his forehead broke out in perspiration while a cold shudder ran down his spine what have i been saying he asked himself have i let him slip through my fingers after all he felt his lips go stiff like buckram and instead of a reassuring smile only achieved an uncertain grimace what will you have he began in a conciliating voice which got steady after the first trembling word or two what will you have consider a man of studious retired habits and suddenly like this i am not practised in talking delicately but he felt anger a wicked anger get hold of him again what were we to do together till midnight sit here opposite each other and think of your your shambles holden had a subdued heartbroken attitude he bowed his head his hands hung between his knees his voice was low and pained but calm i see now how it is razumov brother you are magnanimous soul but my action is abhorrent to you alas razumov stared from fright he had set his teeth so hard that his whole face ached it was impossible for him to make a sound and even my person too is loathsome to you perhaps haldin added mournfully after a short pause looking up for a moment then fixing his gaze on the floor for indeed unless one he broke off evidently waiting for a word razumov remained silent haldin nodded his head dejectedly twice of course of course he murmured ah weary work he remained perfectly still for a moment then made razumov's leaden heart strike a ponderous blow by springing up briskly so be it he cried sadly in a low distinct tone farewell then razumov started forward but the sight of haldin's raised hand checked him before he could get away from the table he leaned on it heavily listening to the faint sounds of some town clock tolling the hour haldin already at the door tall and straight as an arrow with his pale face and a hand raised attentively might have posed for the statue of a daring youth listening to an inner voice razumov mechanically glanced down at his watch when he looked towards the door again haldin had vanished there was a faint rustling in the outer room the feeble click of a bolt drawn back lightly he was gone almost as noiseless as a vision razumov ran forward unsteadily with parted voiceless lips the outer door stood open staggering out on the landing he leaned far over the banister gazing down into the deep black shaft with a tiny glimmering flame at the bottom he traced by ear the rapid spiral descent of somebody running down the stairs on tiptoe it was a light swift pattering sound which sank away from him into the depths a fleeting shadow passed over the glimmer a wink of the tiny flame then stillness razumov hung over breathing the cold raw air tainted by the evil smells of the unclean staircase all quiet 
he went back into his room slowly shutting the doors after him the peaceful steady light of his reading lamp shone on the watch razumov stood looking down at the little white dial it wanted yet three minutes to midnight he took the watch into his hand fumblingly he's slow he muttered and a strange fit of nervelessness came over him his knees shook the watch and chain slipped through his fingers in an instant and fell on the floor he was so startled that he nearly fell himself when at last he regained enough confidence in his limbs to stoop for it he held it to his ear at once after a while he growled stopped and paused for quite a long time before he muttered sourly it's done and now to work he sat down reached haphazard for a book opened it in middle and began to read but after going conscientiously over two lines he lost his hold on the print completely and did not try to regain it he thought there was to a certainty a police agent of some sort watching the house across the street he imagined him lurking in a dark gateway goggle-eyed muffled up in a cloak to the nose and with a general's plumed cocked hat on his head this absurdity made him start in the chair convulsively he literally had to shake his head violently to get rid of it the man would be disguised perhaps as a peasant a beggar perhaps he would be just buttoned up in a dark overcoat and carrying a loaded stick a shifty-eyed rascal smelling of raw onions and spirits this evocation brought on positive nausea why do i want to bother about this thought razumov with disgust am i a gendarme moreover it is done he got up in great agitation it was not done not yet not till half-past twelve and the watch had stopped this reduced him to despair impossible to know the time the landlady and all the people across the landing were asleep how could he go and god knows what they would imagine or how much they would guess he dared not go into the streets to find out i am a suspect now there's no use shirking that fact he said to himself bitterly if holden from some cause or another gave them the slip and failed to turn up in the karabelnaya the police would be invading his lodging and if he were not in he could never clear himself never razumov looked wildly about as if for some means of seizing upon time which seemed to have escaped him altogether he had never as far as he could remember heard the striking of that town clock in his rooms before this night and he was not even sure now whether he had heard it really on this night he went to the window and stood there with slightly bent head on the watch for the faint sound i will stay here till i hear something he said to himself he stood still his ear turned to the panes an atrocious aching numbness with shooting pains in his back and legs tortured him he did not budge his mind hovered on the borders of delirium he heard himself suddenly saying i confess as a person might do on the rack i am on the rack he thought he felt ready to swoon the faint deep boom of the distant clock seemed to explode in his head he heard it so clearly one if holden had not turned up the police would have been already here ransacking the house no sound reached him this time it was done he dragged himself painfully to the table and dropped into the chair he flung the book away and took a square sheet of paper it was like the pile of sheets covered with his neat minute handwriting only blank he took a pen brusquely and dipped it with a vague notion of going on with the writing of his essay but his pen remained poised over the sheet it hung there for some time before it came down and formed long scrawly letters still-faced and his lips set hard razumov began to write when he wrote a large hand his neat writing lost its character altogether became unsteady almost childish he wrote five lines one under the other 
history not theory patriotism not internationalism evolution not revolution direction not destruction unity not disruption he gazed at them dully then his eyes strayed to the bed and remained fixed there for a good many minutes while his right hand groped all over the table for the penknife he rose at last and walking up with measured steps stabbed the paper with the penknife to the lath and plaster wall at the head of the bed this done he stepped back a pace and flourished his hand with a glance round the room after that he never looked again at the bed he took his big cloak down from its peg and wrapping himself up closely went to lie down in the hard horsehair sofa at the other side of his room a leaden sleep closed his eyelids at once several times that night he woke up shivering from a dream of walking through drifts of snow in a russia where he was as completely alone as any betrayed autocrat could be an immense wintry russia which somehow his view could embrace in all its enormous expanse as if it were a map but after each shuddering start his heavy eyelids fell over his glazed eyes and he slept again end of chapter two section three recording by expatriate in bangor maine